You're listening to Tom Fitton's weekly update here on JW Talknet. Hi, everyone. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with our weekly update here on social media. Thanks for joining us. The coup attack against the president continues, uh, even though he had a big victory uh, against the, the Iranian terror regime to the dismay of his left-wing opponents and advocates for terrorists. We have major new revelations on the Clinton email scandal, including the details of new emails recently uncovered by the FBI. On top of that, there are materials out of the page struck email files, further demonstrating the corrupt sham investigation into Clinton's national security and other potential crimes. And then there's Russiagate. We have documents out of the State Department showing that Clinton spy Christopher Steele's handler at the State Department was using private emails to send his reports along. And then the big news um, for those who support Hillary Clinton, but it's no surprise to Judicial Watch, is that supposedly the Justice Department doesn't want to prosecute Hillary Clinton. And I'll talk about that whole corrupt mess as well. Uh, but uh, there's so much going on. There's a fact there's so much going on. I had to write myself a little bit a list here to make sure I covered all the topics. Uh, the big news this week is Iran. And uh, the president uh, uh, killed uh, Soleimani, the uh, Iranian terrorist mastermind, one of the uh, most significant terrorists, terrorists in uh, the modern era. And I mean al-Qaeda, and I mean you know, ISIS. Uh, in many ways, he puts them all to shame in terms of the carnage uh, both here and in South America and Central uh, in, in Europe. And of course, in the Middle East, he's been able to rot. But like all gangsters, uh, he depended on fear rather than strength uh, to uh, get his, uh, to advance his terrorist agenda on behalf of Iran. And I have to hand it to President Obama, excuse me, President Trump, for upending the 40 years of uh, American administrations coddling and kowtowing and, uh, to the Iranian terrorist regime and uh, basically letting them get away with murder. And uh, President Trump saw that this man was responsible for the death of at least one American contractor, was planning additional terrorist attacks had recognized he could have been and should have been killed many years earlier and authorized the strike that led to his demise. And the left went crazy, as the left often does with anything President Trump does. And of course, they all, on top of that, they hate America, too many of them do. So anytime America takes strong acts of national defense, uh, they oppose that. And uh, they thought it was going to be, or pretended it was going to be, World War III. And as I said last week, they seem to be even hoping for a dangerous escalation by Iran. Uh, and instead, the Iranians uh, launched missiles at a U.S. base in Iraq uh, that had zero impact, uh, thankfully, uh, no casualties. And uh, the Iranians made it be known that they... Uh, we're done, that that was the conclusion of their retaliation, at least directly, uh, for the death of its terror leader. Uh, so it was a big victory for President Trump because he called the Iranian bluff. He exposed the Iran regime as a paper tiger regime that is fundamentally weak. And uh, as I said, he almost revolutionized, revolutionized uh, American foreign policy with respect to Iran. 
And uh, so the left has uh, been attacking him. They've been trying to constrain his ability to defend America and protect. And after, even after Iran attacked the United States, they tried to pass or successfully passed in the House a non-binding resolution that would attempt to, to restrict the president's ability to act in defense of the nation. But of course, it's a non-binding re resolution, so it's just a lot of noise signifying nothing. Uh, but the president scored a, tr a significant tactical and strategic victory. So that's like a, kind of the big point. Uh, from Judicial Watch's uh, perspective as someone trying to get, a group trying to get accountability for the corruption involved in the coddling of Iran, the president should authorize additional measures be taken here at home, meaning transparency about the Iran nuclear deal. Transparency about John Kerry's collusion with the Iranian regime as a private citizen to undermine President Trump's policies. In fact, we sued for uh, Kerry's communications and activities that the State Department might have in terms of his connections with the Iranian regime, his collusion. And the State Department came back to us and said, oh, they can't find anything. I think they gave us one document, a meaningless document. And obviously we dispute whether or not there are documents to be had and we're going to be fighting with them there. Uh, but on top of that, we had been sued, I think we had sued the Treasury Department for details on the $400 million in cash. Now, I know the number's been bandied about that the Iranians were given access to $1.8 billion in wealth. Well, the, the corruption, and which is generally corrupt, I agree, but the, the, the nasty side of that was the $400 million in hard currency that the Obama administration in the dark of night uh, transported to Iran. And when so, uh, when supporters of the president, I think, I think Secretary Pompeo said that money ended up supporting the sort of missile attacks that we suffered through this week. The left went crazy, but it's factually accurate. Where else would this money be going to? And so we asked for details about that uh, really outrageous act of sending cold hard cash to the Iranian terror regime, even though uh, the Iranians, in theory, owed us money. Unbelievable. And, but the Treasury Department, under this president, under this administration, has given us the proverbial hand to the face. And I can't tell you how, how many issues that, uh, especially related to Obama-era corruption, the deep state agencies are simply stonewalling the release of information. And I'll talk about the Clinton emails later, which is the most egregious example. For instance, we sued Joe, uh, the State Department for documents on Joe Biden's uh, extortion of the Ukraine's, uh, the Ukrainian government to get that prosecutor fired who uh, was investigating his son and Burisma, the company on which his son was a board member. Now, uh, you may recall, it's been out there, if you haven't seen the video, you should watch it. Biden, you know, proudly talked about how he told the Ukrainian government, we've got a billion dollars in aid, you won't get it until this guy, unless this guy's fired. And by the way, he implied that Obama knew and approved of this extortion scheme. Of course, he didn't call it extortion, but he essentially was talking about it as, as if it were. So we sued for documents about the firing of Shokin, about what the State Department knew and when. Uh, because we also know, thanks to the, even the, uh, uh, in many ways, Keystone Cops impeachment charade that went on in the House, uh, 
that uh, incredibly the uh, coup cabal trying to take out President Trump provided more substantial evidence that the Obama administration was concerned about Biden and Ukraine and its conflicts of interest there. So we've been asking for the documents. We asked, I think, back in September of last year. And to date, we still haven't gotten any information. We've had to sue. We still haven't gotten any information. And the State Department told us, I think either last week or the week before, one of our attorneys told me, that they had not um, bothered, even finished searching for the records and won't be able to finish search for the, searching for the records until the end of January. So the State Department for what, September, October, well, October, November, December, January, plus four months, and they haven't searched for any records or completed a search for records on one of the biggest corruption stories in the last few years, which is the Biden connections to Ukraine. Secretary Pompeo needs to get on the ball here, don't you think? So isn't it coincidental that these records won't even begin to be produced to us? So when they say they haven't searched for the records, that doesn't get us the records. Once they search for the records, they, they then uh, slow walk them out to us because they, quote, have to be reviewed. And they start blacking out things and consulting with other agencies to make sure their interests are protected and nothing classifies released. And they start withholding material to protect the interests of the government decision makers because they don't want any information to come out that will chill government deliberations. That's, that's the torturous process we have to go through to get these records. So what I would do if I were the president, I would order these agencies to start releasing the records en masse. This is the federal government. They have, practically speaking, especially compared to little old Judicial Watch, infinite resources to review and release records. So when they say they can only search for records in months, they can only release records in years, that's purposeful obstruction and stonewalling. That's excuse making, those are not reasons. Especially on matters of grave public importance. And the deep state's approach and the left media complex's approach is that if the a uh, target is of uh, public inquiry is someone they like politically, whether it was Hillary Clinton in 2016 or Joe Biden this year, they should be immune from scrutiny. And certainly the State Department is full of partisans who don't want to see President Trump reelected. So you can bet they're slow walking the release of information. So the president needs to take direct action to ensure the information is released. Release everything on the Iran nuke deal. Release everything on Joe Biden and Ukraine. Release everything on Obama's communications with Iran. Release everything on why the president had a good faith reason to ask about Ukrainian corruption. That means expose what the Obama gang was doing to try to destroy him and lead in league with the Ukrainian government in 2016. Because if he relies on the deep state agencies to release information, we'll get it during the Chelsea Clinton administration. I'm joking. I, don't, I know she's not running for office yet. But the point being, it will take a long time. And certainly, if he's out of office in 10 months or even five years, we still may not see all the documents if the deep state's left to its own devices.
So uh, that's an important issue. The other, uh, uh, the other big news this week is the continued obstruction of our Constitution, the effort to overthrow the Senate by Nancy Pelosi by withholding the articles of impeachment, however, however shameful and non-substantial they are. They're not based on any evidence. They show, they document no crime. It's just a, uh, as I say, a coup attack on the President of the United States. So she's expanded it to try to intimidate and leverage, um, this, uh, leverage her, her power as a House leader to uh, get the Senate to conduct a show trial of the President. Well, it hasn't been working. Senator McConnell, to his credit, and I sometimes criticize McConnell because he's too cautious or too establishment in his approach and uh, doesn't want to be as proactive as I would want to be. Uh, but um, when it comes to running the Senate and push comes to shove, he's obviously standing strong in this regard. And he said to Nancy Pelosi, we're going to proceed. In fact, he signed on to a resolution by Con Senator Josh Hawley, who I think he's a freshman senator from Missouri, a conservative guy, who said that uh, the resolution says, unless Pelosi, uh, the House turns over articles of impeachment within 25 days, we're just going to dismiss them. They won't be acted upon. So uh, even Republican, excuse me, even Democrats in the Senate are now saying that she should send over the articles of impeachment. So they haven't been able to leverage the uh, articles of impeachment to get the show trial they want. But let me just say this. I think any trial of the president in the Senate is inappropriate under the circumstances. I do not believe that the Kukabal, which gave uh, the president zero due process, denied the president his God-given rights, abused the president and people around him. You had Adam Schiff obtain and then publish the private phone records of the president's lawyers, Devin Nunes, John Solomon, the reporter. Nunes, of course, being a, the leader of Republicans on the House Intelligence Committee, published their private phone records. So you had this at radical abuse of power in this coup attack on the president, and this gang is going to get the benefit of that abuse with a trial that will further harass and undermine the president? I mean, just because the president won't be removed after a Senate trial doesn't mean a Senate trial would be appropriate. It's just going to be two more weeks of abuse. And if I were the president, I would be very cautious about how the trial is to proceed because what McConnell's planning to do over the ejections of Democrats, but that's neither here nor there, is that they're going to be opening arguments and then there'll be a vote whether to dismiss, it looks like, the, um, the case. And the question is, will the Senate allow that to happen without more evidence being gathered or more testimony? I suspect there's no majority to allow President Trump to put on a strong defense, bring in witnesses like Hunter Biden, uh, people involved in the illegal leak of his, uh, what looks to be, to me at least, an illegal leak of the contents of his call with the President of Ukraine, which was classified at the time it was being leaked both internally in the administration and then to Adam Schiff, it looks like, and his people. Schiff lied about it. Or as I said to, to, uh, 
to put on the defense he had a good faith reason for raising questions about Ukrainian corruption and to show what that, what that was based on by bringing in people around the Biden operation, Hunter Biden, people like that. He's not going to get those witnesses. I don't think there's a majority to let him bring those witnesses in. But my guess is there is a majority to bring in people like Bolton, John Bolton, the former National Security Advisor, um, Mick Mulvaney, the acting chief of staff, close presidential aides, whose advice and counsel to the President of the United States is protected from disclosure under the Constitution of the United States. So it's going to be either they're going to testify in a way that violates the President's prerogatives as President, or they're not going to be able to testify, which is going to make the President in the, in the leftist media look like he has something to hide as opposed to him protecting his prerogatives as President, which is perfectly legitimate. Or they'll testify freely and the media will just use that to try to destroy the President further by misstating the evidence, which is they've done repeatedly with the, um, with the Adam Schiff uh, coup effort in the House. So the question is, should the Senate have a full trial? I don't think it should. Now, practically speaking, it looks like that's what's going to happen. Uh, I think Senator McConnell is trying to protect the president in that regard and protect the Constitution. And you're right, as a citizen, to appoint your own leader through your vote, as opposed to having a deep state tell you who your leader should be through a coup attack. But the question is, will you have the votes to keep that going uh, in terms of a, an abbreviated trial that protects the president's prerogatives? So you've got to call your senators and let them know what you think about the Senate trial. You know, they keep on saying they're jurors. They're not jurors. They're senators. They're politicians. They get the vote on the evidence. They get the vote on how the law is interpreted. And it's not really law. They're just making a political decision. They're voting whether to remove the President of the United States. That's an intensely political decision. And they're not jurors. And you have a right to let them know what you think about this effort to overturn our democracy. You can call them at 202-225-3121. That's 202-225-3121. And in the meantime, Judicial Watch, once again, is doing all the heavy lifting and trying to highlight what Schiff has been doing. We've sued Schiff for documents about his misuse and abuse of his subpoena authority to obtain phone records and then illicitly publish them. We've asked for records about what looks to be his illicit whistleblower friend in the CIA, which was, all be which was behind this coup attack on the president. We're asking for the Biden documents. So everything the Senate doesn't want the, anyone to look at, anything that Schiff doesn't want you to look at, Judicial Watch is in court trying to get access to almost alone. So again, another reason to support Judicial Watch. Because this coup is uh, part of the worst corruption in American history. It's part of the Russiagate corruption. It's, it's all part of the peace. And uh, it's, it's third world in terms of uh, the level and mendacity of the corruption and the pettiness And it's someone needs to expose it, and we aim to do as much of that as we can, as long as I'm breathing. 
So, uh, we have some big news this week as well. We just, and I've told you about this recently, the FBI turned over to the State Department just late last year. It was in November of 19, uh, November of last year we got word that the FBI found new Clinton emails. And I have to tell you, it's like, it just, one of the reasons I'm always outraged is because I'm, I'm actually an optimist. You know, I expect the government to do the right thing. I expect politicians to do the right thing. I expect the rule of law to be followed. And I'm always disappointed. That's why I'm outraged. But because I'm an optimist, not because I'm a pessimist. If you're not outraged, it means you're too cynical, I think. And in the case of this, I'm outraged. We have been through years of litigation with the State Department, years of litigation with the FBI, and they told us they have done everything they could to find all the Clinton emails and everything they had. They had turned over to the State Department, and everything the State Department could turn over to us, they did. And that has been shown to be false time and time again. First in 2018, they said they gave us everything they had. Of course, they've withheld information, including, for instance, the emails Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton exchanged, 19 of which we have no clue what's in them. But then again, they say, oh, we found more emails in early 2019, one or two more emails. Oh, well, so much for the promise to us in the court. They had turned it all over. And then in November 2019, they turn over a bunch of emails to the State Department. The FBI does. Remember, the FBI was out there trying to find the emails that Hillary Clinton had tried to delete or otherwise hide from the American people. They've been only able to recover, as best we can tell, 5,000 of the 33,000 that she deleted or hid. So that means there are 20,000, 28,000 emails that Hillary Clinton got away with destroying. And we know of the 5,000 that they've turned over, it includes classified information and other government documents, because, uh, which shows Hillary Clinton's um, false statements, to put it charitably, where she said that all those emails had, were personal. Yoga, wedding planning, and things like that. They were not. They were classified, some of them. So the FBI magically finds new Clinton emails. We were in court a few weeks ago. The Department of Justice attorney couldn't explain to the judge, in that case, how and how, how, how why and how and all that. The FBI found them. So it's magic as far as we're concerned. So the State Department reviewed the emails, and they supposedly just gave us the new ones, although we don't know if this is all that we're going to get. And it's 13 new emails. It includes classified information. Includes the revelation that Hillary Clinton used text messages, which is something we didn't know. Classified information. Tony Blair sends her an email. Redacted as classified. Her assistant secretary at the time for Near Eastern Affairs, the Middle East, sends her an email about a meeting with the Lebanese prime minister 
to talk about Syria and other issues in 2011. Classified. Why is this important? It's a national security crime to keep classified information on unclassified systems. Intent or no intent. And of course we have all the evidence that she was warned and did it anyway, so there's evidence of the intent. Either way, it's a crime. And then you get the confirmation from her top aide, Yuma Abedin. She sends Clinton an email. I sent you a couple of text messages, which is the first time we found out that she was using text messages to conduct government business. We haven't gotten any Clinton text messages. We've asked for Clinton communications every which way we can. No text messages. So now the Clinton email scandal just got a whole lot worse. It's now become a Clinton text message scandal. Another email shows that Sidney Blumenthal, who is behind the Clinton dossier too, by the way, I'll get into that a little bit later, the Clinton aide that is, who was so disreputable that Barack Obama didn't want him anywhere near the State Department. And we've shown in the other Clinton emails and seen in previous Clinton emails that Hillary had the secret communication stream with him about Libya, all sorts of issues, some of which turned out to be classified information. And he would send it along to her colleagues at the State Department. This most recent batch, he, Blumenthal claims to have sources with access to the highest levels of the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt, the Supreme Council of the Armed Forces, and Western Intelligence and Security Services. You want to know why Christopher Steele was able to get his garbage laundered through the State Department, and the FBI, and DOJ? Hillary Clinton was laundering similar garbage in a regular way from her buddy Sidney Blumenthal, who was also producing dossier material that was later found out to the State Department under John Kerry. Information about North Korea and appointments of an envoy. All of this on an unsecure system. Sensitive security information about where she's going to be and when. I have to say, I, I was, it's always troubling to see that. Because when a, someone like the Secretary of State travels around, can you imagine the value of our enemies and bad guys who want to do her or anyone else around her harm? to knowing when and how she's traveling. That sort of secure, confidential information was regularly passed along on her private email system. That almost for sure, if the Justice Department were honest enough to do a complete investigation, was being, was compromised from the get-go by foreign leaders, by foreign governments. Judicial Watch found evidence that the Russians had already hacked her system. DOJ didn't want to do anything with it. The FBI, Peter Strzok and company didn't want to do anything with that. Because you know why they didn't want to do anything with that? To acknowledge that her system was compromised by foreign governments or state actors would heighten the damage done to the national security of the United States as a result of her leaving classified information on the equivalent of an internet public park bench. It's harder to make it, it's harder to give her a pass from prosecution if we know foreign nationals are getting access to her info. That's why the Justice Department and FBI didn't want to do anything. 
So we have these new Clinton emails that show Clinton used text messages for government work and that showed, again, classified information being sent along non-secure systems. It further underscores the need for a fresh, unbiased, competent, thorough, criminal investigation of the Clinton email issue. And frankly, the related FBI, Justice Department, and State Department cover-up that we've been exposing. Because remember, Judicial Watch has been getting discovery, taking in testimony and witnesses. I want to tell you something. The Justice Department was in court last month, I think. They sent six lawyers, Justice Department and State Department did. Hillary Clinton had two lawyers. Cheryl Mills, her top deputy, had two lawyers there, all working against our lawyers in Judicial Watch in that courtroom. They were trying to shut down our case, even as the FBI is finding more evidence of criminal activity, more emails that were responsive to our requests. It's even worse than that, because in our litigation, the Justice Department is coordinating with Hillary Clinton's lawyers against Judicial Watch. They're on the same team. It's the equivalent in FOIA of a joint defense agreement. I don't know why Attorney General Barr allows that to go on. I don't know why. They are still protecting the misconduct of Hillary Clinton. Well, I kind of do know why. Institutionally, it's happening. But the leadership of the Justice Department needs to take ownership of this and stop it. The news this week out of the Washington Post, unsurprisingly, this is the headline. Justice Department winds down Clinton-related inquiry once championed by Trump. It, quote, it found nothing of consequence. Well, let me tell you this. I told you the Justice Department was never really investigating this. Nothing's been going on. I tweeted out in response to this, a non-investigation, unsurprisingly, leads to non-prosecutions. From the Washington Post, the Justice Department inquiry launched more than two years ago to mollify Conservatives clamoring for more investigations of Hillary Clinton has effectively ended with no tangible results, and current and former law enforcement officials said they never expected the effort to produce much of anything. I told you that from the get-go. You may think this is the liberal Washington Post, but that's the truth. Sessions appointed John Huber, the U.S. attorney in Utah, to, quote, review whether to recommend a further investigation of these issues. He wasn't doing an investigation. He was looking at some documents, reading newspaper articles. I don't know what he was doing. He never talked to Judicial Watch. Sessions was facing pressure to appoint a special counsel. Deep State didn't want to do it, so they appointed John Huber and pretended that was enough. As part of his review, of his review Huber examined documents and conferred with federal law enforcement officials in Little Rock who are handling a meandering probe into the Clinton Foundation, people familiar with the matter said. Current 
and former officials, so this is current uh, Justice Department officials leaking this, said that Uber had largely finished and found nothing worth pursuing, though his assignment had not formally ended and no official notice had been sent to the Justice Department or to lawmakers. Sessions did not appoint a second special counsel, but weeks later sent a letter to Uber telling him to, quote, as I said, review a wide array of issues related to Clinton. They didn't do anything. It was a sop to try to distract conservatives on the Hill who were outraged, to distract the president who was outraged, who had run on holding Hillary Clinton accountable. It didn't ever distract the Judicial Watch. We knew it was, nothing was happening. From the start, this shows you the cynicism of the deep state. If I were the president, I would call in the attorney general and ask what's going on here. But from the start, senior officials inside the Justice Department viewed Uber's task as unlikely to lead to anything of significance beyond appeasing these, those angry lawmakers and the president. They're treating the president like a joke. We didn't expect much of it, neither did he, said one person familiar with the matter, who, like others, spoke on the condition of anonymity because of persistent political sensitivities connected to the 2016 election. Of course, it's an ongoing criminal matter, in theory, so it's illegal for them to be talking about it. And as time went on, a lot of people just forgot about it. Boy, they're treating you like suckers, America. What the president should do is appoint a special counsel outside the Justice Department, outside the FBI, to investigate Hillary Clinton. And first of all, I don't know this is true, but it sounds true because I've seen no evidence Huber's doing a serious criminal investigation. I've seen no evidence the Justice Department's doing a serious criminal investigation of anything related to abuse of President Trump either, in terms of the Russia spying. The president, to the degree he is doing this, and I don't know if he is or not, is making a mistake if he's relying on the Justice Department to investigate itself, the FBI to investigate itself, because as, as I highlighted here, the Justice Department is defending Hillary Clinton in federal court, and we're supposed to be surprised that they don't want to prosecute her. They're defending her. They're calling her lawyers, saying, what are we going to do about Judicial Watch? How are we going to stop them? Here's a heads up on, on the, what they're asking for. They're on Hillary's side. And of course, the Washington Post is gleefully reporting. There's nothing there. They're not doing Uranium One. They're not doing the Clinton Foundation, which Judicial Watch, not the Justice Department, not Congress uncovered, the pay-to-play schemes where donors Foreign nationals were working through the Clinton Foundation to get special favors. Foreign governments were working through the Clinton Foundation to get special favors from Hillary Clinton at the State Department. Hillary Clinton promised the foundation would have nothing to do with the State Department. That promise was broken immediately. You gave a donation to the, state, to the foundation, you had special access to Hillary Clinton. Now I'm upset about this, but I've been upset about it for a long time because I knew nothing was going to happen. Attorney General Barr needs to be held accountable on this area. He needs to let Americans know what he thinks about the Clinton email investigation, 
by the Justice Department under Barack Obama and the FBI under James Comey. Does he agree with James Comey uh, giving Hillary Clinton to get out of jail free card? And if he doesn't agree, what is he doing about it? Why hasn't he been asked these questions? I like Attorney General Barr. Every time he set, talks publicly, thinking, wow, I'm glad he's Attorney General. But the proof is in the pudding, though, isn't it? I, you know, you can give great speeches, but we want, you can talk about the issues in a good way, in an effective way, but we want accountability. And I haven't seen any evidence of this. In fact, I've seen the opposite. The Justice Department is defending Hillary Clinton. We have more information about the corruption there more reason for the Attorney General to reopen the investigation of the President to appoint a special counsel. News struck page emails revealed DOJ special treatment of Clinton lawyers. It was so bad, the Obama-Clinton, excuse me, the Obama administration investigation of Hillary Clinton, that Page and Strzok were outraged. This is what the emails show. They show that DOJ and the FBI we're giving special treatment to the Clinton lawyers. We have documents showing that previously, but here they are, the page and Strzok are actually complaining about it. These are the records that are being slow rolled by uh, Christopher Ray's FBI at the rate of 500 pages a month. They're only reviewing 500 pages a month, but we only, get, well, for instance, this month we received 211 pages of the 500 they allegedly reviewed. There are 13,000 plus documents to review. At this rate, it will be well into 2021 before we get all the records. Unbelievable. The president should authorize their release immediately. All of them. In an email of April 25, 2016, Strzok indicated that Beth Wilkelson, who was a lawyer for the Clinton aides who gathered and destroyed Hillary Clinton's emails, Cheryl Mills, Heather Samuelson, so that Wilkinson and uh, David Kendall, who is Hillary Clinton's personal lawyer, were set to meet the following day with the FBI and DOJ in the counter-espionage section of the FBI. Strzok writes, if you have strong objection, I do not other than finding out about it after the deputy director, we should raise it now. It's weird that the director, deputy director, Andrew McCabe, who, by the way, had taken money, or his wife had, from the Clinton pal, Terry McAuliffe, to try to win an election just a few months before. It's weird that he's the first to know. When did that become the norm? Strzok replies, since the butt hurt, I think there's some passive-aggressive stuff going on, whatever. Actually, that's one of his colleagues that replied, it's weird. When did that become the norm? They all knew something was up. It's unusual for lawyers, for people under putative criminal investigation to get meetings with the deputy director or be involved with the deputy director of the FBI. On May 11, 2016, Strzok submitted a Wilkinson negotiation timeline. Remember, Beth Wilkinson had access to these laptops of Strzok uh, by, uh, of uh, Mills and Samuelson, remember the laptops that the FBI promised to destroy after they looked at? 
Again, more special favors for the Clinton gang. In the email, Strzok lays out specific negotiations, unspecified negotiations, that had taken place between the FBI and DOJ and Wilkinson. Strzok noted that we will have spent 34 days waiting for opposing counsel, Hillary Gang lawyer, to make the initial step of any tangible offer about which we have no idea if it will be anywhere close to what we have been specific about. So they're getting slow rolled by a lawyer for two lawyers who destroyed emails that the FBI needed and Justice Department wanted, State Congress wanted, responsive to court orders. Now compare and contrast how they handled that, basically they caved to everything Wilkinson wanted, and what they did with Paul Manafort and Roger Stone where they raided their homes because they thought there was something weird going on with the slow rolling of information or withholding information. Remember, at this time, the Justice Department, according to the IG report, was breaking every law under the sun. I guess the IG report didn't say that, but it basically did, if you interpret it right. They were breaking every law under the sun to harass and spy on President Trump while bending over backwards in the face of rather evident obstruction of justice by Hillary Clinton and her minions. What else is here? April 13th, 2016, struck emailed Priestap, who was the top official senior FBI agent running this operation, and expressed concern about the content of the Baker Wilkinson contact. Who's Baker? Baker is the top lawyer of the FBI who's talking to Hillary, uh, to Hillary Clinton's aides lawyer, Beth Wilkinson. We've talked about that before. James Baker was general counsel. Struck told Priestap, to the extent you can ask what Jim's contact was and ask that the investigative team be kept abreast of contact with our DOJ counterparts, I would greatly appreciate it. Struck forwarded the note to Page, you still think I don't have reason to be angry? So Struck and Page are angry about these secret meetings the general counsel for the FBI is having with Beth Wilkinson. I gotta hand it to Beth Wilkinson. She was a good lawyer for her clients, huh? Getting those meetings with top levels of the FBI, getting the attention of the number two of the FBI. March 28, 2016 email from Page to Struck with the subject line, God, I'm frustrated. Page appears to refer back to, the large, to a large FBI DOJ meeting at which Beth Wilkinson asserted a privilege over the Clinton lawyers sorting and deleting Clinton emails. Even Page pushes back on this, says, I'm sorry, it's not obvious to me that this is a sort of opinion work product that should have been conducted by the State Department records managers, and you wouldn't even be in this position to talk about the privilege. What is that? This is, this is so important. Hillary Clinton had zero right under law to take those emails that were State Department property. Yes, State Department property. They weren't personal in the legal sense and review them and then tell the State Department what she would turn over. The, the law should have been, the State Department should have gone and gotten all the emails and then reviewed them and, and if there were personal emails that would not be releasable to the public, they would not be released to the public. That would be the end of it. Instead, the lawyers took it upon themselves to review and delete a half a, 
half of the emails. And then they're asserting a privilege over that misconduct. Page ends the email saying, I am irritated. It's all in caps. And Struck responds saying, I'm irritated too. This is interesting. So during this time period, Judicial Watch is conducting discovery. We're talking to Cheryl Mills. We're talking to Yuma Abedin. We're talking to Stop State Department officials, putting them under oath. At every time it seemed we were getting a decision that we would get to talk to witnesses, the FBI would leak out and say, oh, well, we're talking to witnesses too because they were embarrassed because evidently the investigation was going nowhere. Well, now we know it was going nowhere because it was wired. So Strzok is emailing quotes by me, yours truly, in the New York Times about Judicial Watch's litigation where we're deposing witnesses, and Strzok's getting defensive, saying, oh, well, we already talked to this guy. I mean, he had a minor role. We talked to his supervisors. Well, we were talking to his supervisors, too. But it also shows you the importance of why you need independent groups doing these investigations. Because, as I've been long saying, I'm convinced there would have been no even pro forma FBI investigation of this but for Judicial Watch being granted discovery because they didn't want these witnesses to come in and say, oh, I didn't talk to the FBI. The only reason, or a large measure, a large part of the reason the FBI was doing anything about Hillary Clinton was A, because we exposed the corruption and cover-up to begin with, and B, a federal court judge, in that case Judge Sullivan, we have new uh, Judge, uh, judge Lamberth granting us additional discovery, had granted us discovery to uncover what went on. So the FBI was following our lead, or at least had to start interviewing the witnesses. Right now, the judge is considering whether we get to question Hillary Clinton in person and under oath. And we're being opposed by the Justice Department, the State Department, and of course, Hillary Clinton's lawyers. I want to emphasize that. The Justice Department is opposing Hillary Clinton having to answer questions under oath about her emails. And yes, this case is also about Benghazi. Do you think Benghazi is yesterday's news? Of course you don't. If you're following Judicial Watch, you think it's an important issue. And you can see with the Iran situation and the attack on our embassy there, Benghazi is very much in the news. The Justice Department's protecting Hillary on it right now. And I, I, I have to say, I just... I know I'm president of Judicial Watch, so it may not surprise you that I love Judicial Watch. But as a citizen, as being objective as possible, I love Judicial Watch. I think the work we do, the work Judicial Watch does, again, as president, of course I'm going to say this, but as a citizen, I mean it sincerely. It's, it's some of the most important work being done in Washington, D.C. today in terms of holding the government to account. We have new Russiagate material, for instance, showing that the State Department handler for Steele used personal email to push his reports. Christopher Steele, the discredited spy, pushing garbage information designed to destroy and uh, justify illegal spying on President Trump. 
paid for with monies from the Clinton campaign, the Democratic National Committee, and you, the taxpayer, under Barack Obama's FBI, also had a big in with the State Department through Jonathan Weiner, who was, hey, the Libya guy for John Kerry. What's he doing involved with Russia? Well, he's a buddy of Steele. And the documents we have today, where I'm talking about today, and we've previously disclosed, Steele was sending reports to the State Department all the time. And Weiner was his handler, as I say. And this latest batch, it's only 11 pages of documents or emails showing October or December 2014, his colleagues suggest to him, Jonathan Weiner, that he, quote, flip reports from Steele's firm, Orbis Business Intelligence, to a more secure email system, given our ongoing concerns about security of OpenNet. And by the way, this is before, this is just as the Clinton email scandal is being well, I don't think we knew about the Clinton email scandal here, but it shows you what the State Department's approach was. Weiner responds, flipping to the high side, meaning putting it on a classified system, will result in delays whenever the reporting takes place, and I'm out of the office, which includes weekends, plus when I'm overseas. Victoria Newland, the bosses of the mall, let's do high side. So she says it's got to be done. Weiner replies that he would have his assistant Nina Miller, send them to you on my behalf, high side. I will send them to her from my non-state email account, not copying myself. She will then send them to us. You know who they're coming from. So even from the high side from here, I will just refer to them as O reports and strip out any inf identifying information as to sourcing. So he's being told we need to classify these reports, and his solution is to launder them into the classified system by using his unsecure personal email account to conduct government business to get them done. Incredible. Why is this Weiner guy important? He later helped write parts of the dossier with Steele, with other Clinton, Sidney Blumenthal, who I told you about earlier, Sidney Blumenthal, the Clinton hack. He compiled all this information and literally wrote part of the dossier that Steele was able to share with I forget whether he directly sent him to the FBI and DOJ or whether he had Steele do it. Either way, the State Department was actually helping create Steele's dossier or addendums to it, whatever you want to call it. Weiner also talked to the Russian political officer of the Russian embassy a month before the inauguration on Russiagate. This guy was out to get Trump and he was working with Steele and the Clinton gang hand in glove. And guess what? It's no surprise that he didn't want to talk to the IG investigating this. Isn't it incredible that Judicial Watch is the one investigating the State Department's role, which is enormous in the effort to destroy President Trump through this illegal spying on him and the Russia smear operation? Congress isn't doing it because the documents we show that Congress was implicated in it. The Obama State Department was shepherding classified information into Congress just before the president was inaugurated to try to destroy him. But it's Judicial Watch doing all of this. Thank God for Judicial Watch, huh?
we wouldn't know about it. I don't know what Durham's doing. Did, he testify, did Weiner testify before a grand jury? I doubt it. What's going on here, folks, is that the Justice Department is not doing a serious investigation of Spygate. There's no evidence of it. You see what they did with Hillary Clinton, both during the Obama administration, we're getting confirmation nothing was done for the three years of the Trump administration. And I hope, you know, something could start tomorrow. Durham could say, hey, look, I've done this initial review, and now we're going to impanel a grand jury, and we're going to haul these people before us, or we're going to make them testify to the FBI directly, and we're going to get to the bottom of it, and this is going to be serious, and you're going to know it's serious, America, because there's evidence of a serious criminal investigation. Maybe that all happens tomorrow. What do you think is going to happen? The president's going to be harassed in a Senate impeachment. Those behind it were involved in illegally spying on him. Hillary Clinton was helping pay for it, benefiting from the Justice Department being distracted by the Russia smears, from having nothing done to hold her to account. The Justice Department is still prosecuting her. I mean, still defending her. So you know what I think is going to happen. And, and I know it's frustrating, but if anything's going to happen, it's going to happen because Judicial Watch and to degree others are doing this work. It's because of our pressure, our work forcing the information out there, our independent lawsuits against people like Adam Schiff trying to hold him to account. Otherwise, nothing's going to happen. So to a degree, anything's going to happen positively. Uh, our work, I think, may not be sufficient, but it's certainly going to be necessary. And what else is going to be necessary? You need to let your elected officials know what you think about these corruption issues, what you think about these transparency issues. Write your letters to the editor. Let your friends on Facebook know. Educate them about what Judicial Watch is finding. I don't just come on to fulminate. I talk about documents that we've uncovered as a result of our legal heavy lifting in federal court. We have hundreds of cases in federal court. I think we filed well over 450 federal lawsuits. No one else has done anything close to that in terms of trying to get access to information about government corruption through the years. We have well over 50 lawsuits just on the spygate targeting of President Trump. And as we point out with Hillary Clinton and uh, the Steele documents and Bruce Orr and Pfizergate, we have documents that you get to see before the IG tells you about it or Congress tells you about it. Or the media, of course, doesn't really want to ever tell you about it. But share this information we're giving to you with your friends, your families, your colleagues your fellow church members, people like that. Get the word out. Let them know that, let them know that are running this city that corruption matters. So we'll keep on doing the work. We'll keep on doing it, whether or not the Justice Department does it, whether or not Congress does it. The Justice Department's on the other side of many of these issues. Congress obviously is out to lunch or part of the corruption. Again, this is why 
I love Judicial Watch. So thank you for joining me this week, and I'll see you next week here on the Judicial Watch Weekly Update. You have just listened to Tom Fitton's Weekly Update on JW TalkNet. Remember to subscribe and donate at judicialwatch.org slash donate.